again, uh, let me start off by saying I know this episode is going to be a little lengthy. That's just, it is what it is. Um, I am recording this episode in bits and pieces just so that I'm not like trying to get it all done Tuesday morning. We've had, you know, it's been a busy little time. Uh, what's been happening with me? Yeah, much of the same, much of the same. You know, season's changing. I think daylight savings time is messing with a lot of people even what's coming next week. Um, also, can we get rid of it? Yeah, I feel like it should be something that we as a society can opt out of. Um, what else? What else? What else? Still no voice, but you guys should be used to be mine now. Uh, I have no clue where the episode is going to go. I know we're going to cover a lot of sports. You're talking to a sports fanatic. Uh, some other stuff going on worldwide. We're going to get into, but you know, you know the you know the deal. So just stick with me. Okay, it is the wee hours of the early morning Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and get the collegiate football out of the way. So let's get into it. Let's start with SEC. Uh, you have Missouri beating Vanderbilt 37 to 28. Georgia beating the dog shit out of Florida 34 to 7. Auburn coming through with the upset against Ole Miss 31 to 20. Mississippi State coming through with the upset beating Kentucky 31 to 17. Then over on the ACC, we have Virginia Tech beating Georgia Tech 26 to 17. Wake Forest beating Duke 45 to 7. Miami coming through with the upset against Pittsburgh 34, no, I'm sorry, 38 to 34. Clemson beating Florida State 30 to 20. Syracuse Boston College 21 to 6. North Carolina State beating Louisville 28 to 13. Notre Dame beating UNC barely 44 to 34. And BYU beating uh, Virginia in a game in which no defense was played whatsoever, 66-49. to 49. And for the rest of the top 25, we have some good ones. Tulane beat – no, I'm sorry. Ooh, I lie. Rush off the bat. Cincinnati beat Tulane, 31-12. Oklahoma beat Texas Tech, 52-21. to 21. Baylor beat Texas, 31-24. Houston coming through with an upset against SMU, 44-37. Fresno State with an upset against San Diego State, 30-20. to 20. West Virginia with the upset upset against Iowa State, 38 to 31. Um, I think this was a Wednesday night game. Coastal Carolina beat Troy, 35 to 28. Oklahoma State looked like Oklahoma against Kansas, 55 to 3. Wisconsin coming through with another upset for Iowa, 27 to 7. Oregon took care of Colorado, 52 to 29. Ohio State beat Penn State, 33 to 24. And the game of the night, really, Michigan State beat Michigan 37 to 33 in an upset. Now it technically, I guess it was an upset because Michigan was ranked six. Michigan state was ranked number eight, but okay. So when I really started paying attention to the game, it was like 30 to 14 or 30 to 16. Michigan state worked their asses off to win this game. It was crazy. And both quarterbacks did pretty well. I think the guy from Michigan had a couple of turnovers later on in that you know, in that that period where Michigan State was coming back. That was a damn good game, and I'm glad I actually watched that. Um, but that's it for them. Let's get into some HBCU. Um, let's see. Texas Southern beat uh, UAPB 59-17. to Alabama A&M beat Alabama State in the Motor City Classic 42-28. to uh, Jackson State took care of Mississippi Valley 28-19. to FAMU beat Grambling 26-3. Southern beat Alcorn, barely, 35-38. to 
And then over in the MEAC, Norfolk took care of Morgan, 31-20. South Carolina State beat North Carolina Central, 27-24. Delaware State beat Howard, 30-23. In the SEAC, I'm calling them that. Uh, Let's see. Allen beat Columbus State. 32 to 25. Edward Waters lost to Miles College 16 to 9. Lane beat Central State 16 to 14. Benedict beat Clark Atlanta 24 to 21. Savannah State beat Fort Valley 24 to 6. Albany took Morehouse to college by a score of 14. And uh, Kentucky State took care of Tuskegee 42 to 35. And in the CIAA, um, Johnson C. Smith beat St. Augustine 34-13. Shaw beat Winston-Salem 38-14. Bowie took care of Lincoln of PA 31-7. Chowan beat Virginia State 38-30. Virginia Union beat Elizabeth City 44-14. And Fayetteville State took Livingstone to Boston by a score of 34. And also, can I say, I did some more research, and I am dead wrong. We missed the whole conference of the Big South Conference, which is an HBCU. So look forward to being introduced to them later on in the episode. And I'm not going to give you a play-by-play because I'm so late in the season, but I am going to tell you their rankings when I discuss everyone else's rankings. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so if you are a law-abiding citizen and you are not abreast of 80s, 90s criminal enterprises, especially in the Black community, then you have no idea what happened over Halloween. So this young man, Alberto Martinez, uh, we all, not we all, but the people who know, know him as Alpo, was gunned down early Halloween morning at like three o'clock in the morning. Lit his truck up. He got hit like five times. Now, why this is big news. So in the late 80s, very early 90s, Alpo was a drug dealer in Harlem and he was very successful because he had basically a strict policy of just killing the competition. Um, and so as you, I guess, progress in the drug game, your competition goes from people that you don't know to people that you do know. And then you start killing the folks that were, you know, working for you as a way to like cover up tracks and all that. Anyway, so Alpo, his enterprise stretched from Harlem to D.C. And so he got to killing a whole lot of folks. Um, He killed uh, this this drug dealer, Montana, a couple drug dealers, at least in D.C. Then he started killing off his competition. Um, He killed his one of his associates, Rich Porter. Um, And the first, well, he killed him along with uh, one of his associates, um, Little Gary or Big Gary, somebody named Gary, right? So then after they kill Rich Porter, um, Alpo, I think he gets caught up in D.C. on like a whole bunch of murder charges. And um, somehow either he kills or he gets Gary killed. So instead of the death penalty or life without imprison- life without parole, which is what he was looking at, he decided to turn state's informant. And so he snitched on essentially his enforcer, his gunman, Wayne Perry. So Wayne Perry is actually doing five consecutive life sentences without parole. And then Alpo got sentenced to like 35 years, but he got out in like 2015. So he didn't serve the whole 35. And he was supposed to have been a witness protection, 
But then he, um, I don't know if he went visiting or he was like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he, for whatever reason, had his ass back in Harlem. And I mean, he did some interviews. He did a couple of podcasts. He had a whole documentary. He was living free and clear. Like he didn't give a damn. And well, you know, the streets never forget about this kind of stuff. So they killed him, uh, caught him when he wasn't looking. And so there's a, a population on Black Twitter that is like, oh, rest in peace. And there's a population, a heavier population on Black Twitter that's like, what did he expect? Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, they got, yeah, they got him. And if that storyline sounds familiar, there is a movie called Paid in Full that um, is like a dramatization, maybe, of what happened between, um, who was it, Alpo, uh, Rich Porter, and uh, somebody else. None of the other people I talked about, somebody else. But anyway, yeah, 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 it was big news on Halloween. So the Atlanta mayoral race is upon us. Um, and for, again, I don't live in the city of Atlanta. I don't know why this um, is so intriguing to me. Maybe because there's like 16 candidates. So far, like the top three are um, Felicia Moore, who was the current president of, of the city council. Uh, Andre Dickens, who I thought was a dark horse, but to me seems like the, the best candidate. Um, he's also a councilman. And then good old Kasim. So uh, Ballotpedia had a little you know, blurb on Dickens. He got his bachelor's from Georgia IT, that's Georgia Institute of Technology, um, in chemical engineering. And then he got a public admin master's from Georgia State. So when he became the uh, member of the council, he was a manager at TechBridge, which is supposedly this, this company that's um, just bridging the gap technology in like, you know, impoverished neighborhoods. Um, Part of his his policies are kind of you know moderate. He wants 250 new officers. He wants new training techniques for those officers. And he still, even though he wants the more officers, he wants community policing to be a thing. Um, and he wants to aggressively attack homelessness in the city, which is very much an issue in Atlanta. Um, housing first is one of his campaigns. I don't know how he housing first is what it had. And he also wants to deal with mental health, which is the reason a lot of them are on the streets addiction which is another reason a lot of them are on the streets which has a lot to do with the mental health thing and also job training and job placement i thought from the little bit of campaigning that i saw that andre dickens was the best candidate but we shall see tuesday uh, morning ooh, this morning um is i guess the last day to vote because they had early voting and stuff like that so we'll we'll see now in atlanta if you don't have more than 50 percent then you have to do a runoff. More than likely, there will be a runoff because, again, there are 16 candidates. And um, right now, we're dealing with a top three situation. So if there goes to a runoff, the top two would go into a runoff. So either Felicia and Dickens or Dickens and Kasim or Felicia and Kasim. We'll see. We'll see. So I saw this update that the FDI, the FDA, the FDI, shit. The FDA um, has not yet cleared Moderna to be used in 6 to 11-year-olds. Now, they're calling them adolescents. I didn't know adolescents were six years old, but there's that. Now, I thought that they were all universally supported, but apparently not. The Pfizer vax 
is approved for ages 5 to 11, but Moderna, still not there. I didn't bother checking Johnson & Johnson. I really don't know at this point why anybody would get a Johnson & Johnson vaccine. But, um, And also, they're still looking into mixing and matching. Like um, if you had a Pfizer regular vaccine, you can get the Moderna booster. I'm telling you right now, I'm not doing it. I don't trust y'all that much. I think it's kind of like with, you know, shampoos and conditioners and skincare products where they test it together. Like, first of all, shampoos and conditioners, every company has basically their base mix. And so when they make all these claims about, oh, this makes your hair smoother or, oh, it does this and that, they're basing it off of the assumption that you're going to stick with their product line and that specific um, line on that brand. So, and I feel like if the skincare products and the hair is like that, then the Vax is probably like that too. So no mixing and matching for me. No, thank you. So on the Capitol, they're having some um, insurrection meetings. They're not serious enough to be called trials. But Washington Post is talking about this email that came out or that was made public. Um, one of Hoggish Greeley's attorneys is blaming um, Pence for the chaos that ensued on the Capitol. They're saying it's because of Pence's inaction. Now, what inaction, you ask? Well, his refusal to block certification of uh, Hoggish Greeley's loss. Now, this email was like that day, so... Um, yeah, they're blame they they at the time they were blaming Pence for not just blocking the certification. Uh, yeah, but more is gonna come out again. These are meetings; they're not serious enough to be taken. Uh, they're not being taken seriously enough to be called a trial or a congressional hearing. They're just meeting about it, and we'll I guess learn or not learn more later. Now, speaking of Hoggish Greeley, um, I brought him up because I know the citizens of Cobb County were upset. They didn't know they were upset, but they were upset. when they, they, they didn't know why they were upset, I should say. But when they found out, well, some of them might not have had a problem. Anyway, Hoggish Greeley was in Marietta or Cobb, wherever the Braves play, um, for game, was that game four? I don't know why. Uh, he was looking as orange as usual, as constipated as ever. His plus one was looking like she could have been anywhere else. Um, participating in all the tomahawk chops and, and whatever. And, I, you know, I thought the Braves were moving away from that. I promise you I read that they were moving away from the tomahawk chop. I thought we weren't doing that anymore because we were going away from um, Native American caricature. I, I thought. But, you know... Him being there and participating in that was um, very much on brand. I'll leave it at that. Um, the Smithsonian, uh, they have a national zoo. I don't know why I didn't know this. Um, they have everything else. They have a zoo. And they are actually administering COVID vaccines, vaccines, COVID vaccines um, to susceptible species. Um, and the vaccine is supposed to be animal specific. So, so far, they have given one shot only of the two-shot requirement. They're going to give them second shots. But they've vaccinated seven orangutans, a western lowland gorilla. That's the gorilla that we, we all know what it looks like. A white-eared titty monkey and two emperor tamarins. 
So they, uh, those animals are saying have, um, they don't seem to be having any complications from the vax and they're going to look forward to getting their uh, second doses whenever they're supposed to get them. So the Smithsonian is also reporting this thousand year old mask from a thousand CE. I guess they don't do AD anymore, but they do CE. Um, there's a gold mask found in Peru from the Sican people, S-I-C-A-N. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. But anyway, from them, um, and it's painted. It's actually, they, so when they buried this elite person, first of all, the skull is detached. And then they have this mask on the skull that's placed next to the rest of the body, along with all their artifacts and probably some loved ones. Um, and it's, this mask is painted. And the painting is pretty pristine, even for it being a thousand years or almost, yeah, a thousand years old. Um, turns out it's painted with human blood. Whose blood? Therein lies the mystery. But they've determined through whatever their, their testing is that this is um, actually painted with human blood. It's a pretty cool looking mask. The the Seacon people had a lot of gold, um, but this gold mask they painted with human blood at uh, for the burial. So yeah, news that you didn't know you could use. So... Um, Saturday, the U.S. flew a B-1B bomber jet over the Strait of Hormuz. Is it pronounced Hormuz? I'm going to say it is. Um, alongside aircraft from Israel, Egypt, Bahrain, and Saudi Arabia. They're basically flexing. They're sending a message to Iran, which doesn't make sense because we're in the middle of this um, nuclear arms deal snafu with Iran. And it would seem to now... That's what for the Associated Press is saying. But for me, my own thinking, I don't know if that means that you're you have the upper hand. Maybe Iran has the upper hand. You're trying to show that you have allies. I just don't know if flying a bomber jet over the area is going to make them want to deal with us on on our terms. Just thinking. In all of our speaking about things that are happening globally, we know that countries try to establish power. And they get in bed with other countries and then they basically mind that country's business and um, other countries get involved. We know that this happens with the U.S. We know this happens with um, the whole African Union, the the ECOWAS, essentially. Um, The EU does this. And now we know Well, we didn't. If you didn't know, Saudi Arabia does this as well. So let me take you back. 2014, there was a coup in Yemen. The Houthis, H-O-U-T-H-I, Houthis, they take over the capital and all the government that was recognized in Yemen uh, fled to Saudi Arabia. Now the Houthis had backing, meaning money, by Iran. So then Saudi Arabia, backed by the U.S., um, went into Yemen to try to reestablish who the Houthis had basically kicked out. It was disastrous. Um, It was basically a stalemate in which both sides were killing the citizens and um, lots of human rights violations, et cetera, et cetera. So Lebanon had this, um, this guy become the information minister, George Kordahi. So George had stated he was, I guess, like a game show host or something. He was basically famous in Saudi Arabia. 
And he had this comment that he said before he took his official position, come back and bite him in the ass. Basically saying that Saudi Arabia was being aggressive, basically calling them bullies for how they're handling Yemen. And um, Saudi Arabia is pretending to be just so offended and just so um, hurt by his words that they have called their ambassadors back from Lebanon. They've sent the Lebanese uh, ambassadors out of Saudi Arabia back home to Lebanon. Um, And all the other people are getting involved. So the UAE, the Arab Emirates, excuse me, uh, if you know who where it's, first of all, it's not Dubai, it's Dubai. Dubai is in the UAE. So the UAE, they also are calling home their people from Lebanon. They want to side with Saudi Arabia. Um, it's becoming a um, a Middle Eastern thing. And um, Saudi Arabia is taking the route of the U.S. versus Venezuela thing. And they're basically blockading Lebanese imports, which is a big portion of the Lebanese economy and they're already crippling they they have a lot of poverty a lot of it's not looking good for lebanon which is why they do the importing uh, do the exporting excuse me and um some people are backing kordahi they're saying no he was correct he you know he shouldn't face all of this um backlash basically he's being blackmailed into submission and some people are saying no we have to go this route because the situation between Saudi Arabia and Lebanon is already so um, in Saudi Arabia's favor. They already have the upper hand and they hold so much of Lebanese economy in their grips. We can't, you know, basically, we can't afford to piss them off in this way. And I think that Saudi Arabia is being a global bully, like, much like the US. Um, you already have the upper hand, you know, the situation is sensitive for Lebanon, um, economically speaking. So the information minister had an opinion, his own personal opinion before he got this position that was not in your favor. And because these comments came up and he's not apologizing for them, you are risking basically the, the survival of his countrymen to bully him out of position because you don't like what he said. It's very petty. Um, and very much like their, I guess, half-ass allies, the U.S. Because I assume you're on the same brain wavelength as me. I just assume you know what the G20 is. But if you don't, fret not, I got you. So the G20 is basically, uh, it's called the Group of 20. It's when 20 world powers get together and decide how they're going to supposedly move as a unit moving forward. The, the the group of um, events or how we got to this minimum global tax, um, I think was the G6 or G5 that happened last year. That's where things like this come about. So in the G20, you have the EU, the European Union, who get to send two delegates, which makes no sense to me. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. The US, Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Canada, China, France, Germany, India, Indonesia, Italy, Japan, South Korea, Mexico, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Turkey, and the United Kingdom. It's interesting that Canada gets to be a part of it because aren't there, I mean, I know they have a prime minister, but aren't they under the UK? I'm, I might get interested enough to go and look into that because I thought that was weird. But the EU sends two people 
You have the president of the European Council who handles the politics and the direction of the EU. And then you have the president of the European Commission who handle legislation and laws. I don't know how that's, I, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. But yeah. So at this G20 summit, uh, I think uh, Robinette is speaking today about supply chain issues, but they're also talking about still pandemic recovery and sharing resources during vaccines, um, which is very important because the Japan Times is actually saying, that some African nations, now that they have the vaccines and not all of them have the vaccines, they're running short on syringes, which is just as important of a resource. Um, so maybe they'll get that covered at the G20 summit, but I doubt it. Speaking of African um, nations, there are several articles that are coming out recently um, focusing on how the African continent is going to move from non-renewable resources such as coal energy into greener uh, renewable resources. Um, as that is a large chunk of some of their economies, um, globally you see countries moving away from coal energy and moving towards greener energy and how that's going to have an economic impact on Africa. Am I repeating myself? And how they're going to, what they're going to do. They're already in a um, a, a vulnerable situation. Any because we get all of our resources from Africa, we pour nothing back into it. Um, most countries that have the raw materials are poorer than the countries who do, are doing the importing of those raw materials. So, something to I guess look into further if you're in that kind of research: how the African continent is going to move past coal energy, how long it's going to take, and what the how that's going to hit um, their their economies. All right, let's get into some college football rankings. Um, not, I'm going to start with the, the HBCUs. So I just did the top two. For, so for the SWAT conference right now, you have Jackson State. They're 5-0 and in the conference, 7-1 overall uh, for the Eastern Division. And then you have Prairie View, 5-0 and in the conference, 6-1 and overall from the Western Division. For the MEAC, um, they don't have Western and um, they don't have any divisions because it's a small conference. So South Carolina State in the top 3-0 and conference, 4-4 four and four overall. And Norfolk State 2-0 in the conference, 6-2 and two overall. And then from SEAC tops, um, you have Savannah State 5-1 and one in the conference, 7-2 overall from the East. Miles College 3-2 and two in the conference, 5-4 overall from the West. And then CIAA. You've got Bowie, 6-0 conference, 8-1 overall in the north, and Fayetteville State, 6-0 conference, 7-1 overall for the south. So since we're talking about rankings, just give me a second to flip on over. We have some new college football rankings going into week number 10. 25 is Fresno State, 24 is Louisiana, 23 Southern Methodist, 22 is Penn State, 21 Coastal Carolina, 20 Houston, 19 Iowa. 18 is Kentucky, 17 BYU, 16 is um, University of Texas, San Antonio, number 15 is Ole Miss, 14 Baylor, 13 Texas A&M, 12 Auburn, 11 Oklahoma State, 10 is Wake Forest, they've had a really good season, 9 is Michigan, 8 Notre Dame, 7 is Oregon, 6 Ohio State, 5 Michigan State, 4 Oklahoma, 3 Alabama, 2 Cincinnati, and 1 Georgia. Now, for those top 25 ten, uh, teams starting today, Tuesday, um, you'll have the college playoff football committee meeting weekly. 
to decide the rankings of the top 25 so that we go into the playoffs. Now, this year, I don't know why I thought this was the expansion year for the playoff situation. Um, they were going to go to eight teams, but no, they're still debating if they're going to do eight teams or 12 teams. I prefer 12 teams because I like chaos, and I think that's the best way to have collegiate chaos. And it also helps those non-Power uh, 5 schools make a push. Uh, but right now, we're down to the top four teams going to the was the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl. And then you have the rest of the New Year's Six, the bowl games, the Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl. So still only four. Moving forward, it's going to be either eight or 12. I say go for 12. Um, and sad basketball news. Um, inside the NBA on TNT, um, host, anchor person, Ernie Johnson, um, lost his son, Michael. Uh, what was it, the day before Halloween? So was that the 30th? Was that Saturday? I think it was Saturday. No, maybe it was on Friday. Either way, this weekend, uh, Michael um, was one of the, the uh, one of his adopted children from I think Russia, and he had a specific, some specific type of muscular dystrophy, and I don't believe he was verbal. I'm not sure, but basically, he was fully dependent, um, fully care dependent, and uh, so he passed away this weekend. I know Ernie talked about it in his book. Um, was unscripted, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, unscripted. Uh, I haven't read the book, but I know we talked about it in the special that TNT broadcast for the members of Inside the NBA. So, you know, our condolences with um, the Johnson family. Also, speaking of Inside the NBA, they are moving to Tuesday for, I believe, the first time since they started their show. They're moving to Tuesday so they don't compete with Thursday night football. And they're going to be moving to Tuesday, moving to Tuesday until January. Um, so all of the Thursday game, basically the league is just swapping. So all of the games that were going to be on Thursday are now on NBA TV. And all those Tuesday night NBA TV games are going to be on TNT. Um, and it started last Tuesday. So basically uh, January Mid-January is when the NFL goes into playoff mode. So those games are going to be on Saturday, Sunday. So I think probably then we'll get the Tuesday and Thursday night broadcast from TNT. Because I know last year they had Tuesday nights with like Dwayne Wade and Candace Parker and them. So maybe they'll bring them back mid-January. Hopefully. I want I want basketball on TV every day of the week. But that's just me. So I have a correction to a prior correction. Um there is not another HBCU conference. So the reason that I mentioned the Big South Conference, I went and looked. It's just that they have those two HBCUs within that conference. So I knew there were more HBCUs than just in the four conferences that we talk about, the five conferences that we talk about. I just thought maybe they didn't have an athletic program. I was incorrect. They do have athletic programs, but they're not in those HBCU conferences. So we're not going to be talking about them after today i want to go ahead and give them their shout out yeah whatever it's lengthy y'all ain't got nothing else to do or just skip this part i don't know so you have bluefield state college in west virginia their colors are royal blue and gold they are the big blues they compete in the ncaa but they're in the eastern college athletic conference which is division two Cahoma community college in mississippi maroon and white tigers national junior college association or I'm left out a word. Anyway, Mississippi Association of Community Junior Colleges. I forgot the junior colleges. I know they have 
um, like football programs or whatever. I just, I, I wasn't thinking. Um, Chicago State University, which is an HBCU on paper only. Trust me, I looked. Uh, green, black, and white Cougars, um, NCAA, Western Athletic Conference Division One. Denmark Tech, South Carolina, blue and white Panthers. They're in the NJCAA Region 10. So their region doesn't even have a name. I know Denmark had athletics. Uh, Jarvis Christian College in Texas, Blue and Gold Bulldogs, NAIA, Red River Conference, Langston University, Oklahoma, Orange and Blue Lions, NAIA, Sooner Athletic Conference, Lawson State Community College in Alabama, Navy Blue and Gold Cougars, uh, who are the Alabama Community College Conference, Lincoln University of Missouri, a lot of Lincoln universities, Navy Blue and White Blue Tigers, from the Mid-American Intercollegiate Conference, which is Division II, Division II NCAA. Morris College, South Carolina, Blue and Gold Hornets. I should have known this. They're independents, but they're in the NAIA. Oakwood University, Alabama, Blue and Gold Ambassadors, United States Collegiate Athletic Association, Division I. That specific association is only for small colleges. Uh, Gadsden State Community College, Red, Black, and White Cardinals, and the Alabama Community College Conference. Harris Stowe State University, another HBCU by paper only uh, in Missouri, Brown and Gold Hornets, my phone again. They are American Midwest Conference in the NAIA, Heinz Community College in Mississippi, Maroon and White Eagles for the Mississippi Association of Community Colleges, um, Houston Tillotson University in Texas, uh, Maroon and Gold Rams from the Red River Conference in the NAIA, let's see, Payne College in Georgia, Purple and White Lions, National Christian College Athletic Association, uh, Selma University, Alabama Blue and White Bulldogs, USCAA. Uh, let's see, where are we now? We have St. Phillips College out of Texas, Blue and White Tigers from the Texas Collegiate Athletic Conference. They are, which is a fully independent associate, or yeah, it's a conference, but it's an association. Fully independent, only those Texas schools within that um, school system. Uh, Stillman College, blue and white. No, navy blue and Vegas. I think it's Vegas gold. I didn't write that down. Sorry. Tigers from Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Talladega College. Now, I'll be following Talladega marching band on Instagram. I don't know why I didn't make the connection they were missing. Anyways, Crimson and Blue Tornadoes, Southern States Athletic Conference, Tougaloo College, Royal Blue and Scarlet Bulldogs from the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, Voorhees College in South Carolina, uh, Royal Blue and White Tigers from the Continental Athletic Conference. Now, this is confusing. So, Wikipedia has them as an independent, and then on their website, they are Continental Athletic Conference. I didn't bother to look, but there's nothing continental about Denmark, South Carolina, so who knows. Uh, West Virginia State, Black and Gold Yellow Jackets, Mountain East Division II NCAA, Wiley College, Texas, Purple and White Wildcats, Red River Conference and NAIA, and then you have the Xavier University of Louisiana, Gold and White Gold Rush, I like their mascot, and the Red River Conference. So there they are. We're not going to mention them again, but I wanted to make sure they got their proper acknowledgement because they have an athletic program. I just wasn't doing my research correctly. See, corrections. I'm, I'm good with those. So just like last time, I discovered that there's a repetition of school colors and our mascots. I hate it. I want y'all to come up with something different. 
So I looked, this person on Reddit, they did a, um, I guess a study, their own study, on the most popular and most unique colors. So the most popular primary colors are red and blue. The most popular secondary colors are white and gold. And if your school is dramatic enough to have a tertiary color, that's third color for those of you who don't speak proper or, you know, bougie. The tertiary colors that are most popular are gray, black, and white. And the most unique, meaning the least popular, primary colors are yellow um, and brown or silver. And then the most unique secondary colors are silver, brown, purple, or yellow and red. And then the most unique tertiary colors are yellow, bronze, red, and silver. Um, and let's see, the top 18 mascots. You have knights. I don't know any knights. Oh, no, the army knights. Uh, golden eagles, owls, bison, aggies, which I had to Google. That just means they work on a farm. Bobcats, rams, spartans, huskies, cougars, hawks, lions, panthers, bears, wildcats, eagles, tigers, and bulldogs. I was expecting patriots to be up there, but I guess, I guess not. I guess not. Um, but I also look at the most unique mascots. So you have the <laughs> UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. I Googled it. They look just like bananas. Uh, Webster University gore locks, which is something they made up, which is cool too. Uh, Washburn University Ichabods, which is named after the person that their their school is named after, who was an abolitionist. So shout out to Ichabod Washburn. Um, Concordia College are the Cobbers, which is just a remake. They basically took their, they were called um, corn cobber or corn cobs. And that's like, that was like a slur to them. So they remixed it and now they're Cobbers. I like it. Then Oglethorpe uh, Stormy Petrels. Now I had to Google that. That is a small seabird that is native to their area. So they're still very much correct. Uh, Ohio Wesleyan Battling Bishops. That's different. Western Kentucky. Yeah, I skipped them. I don't know why. The Hawaii uh, Rainbow Warriors. I think it's cool. Whittier College are the Poets. Delta State are the Fighting Okra. Nothing quite as Southern as a fighting okra as your mascot. I like it. And then Evergreen State College are gooey ducks, which are gross. But yeah, let's just, let's do, let's remix some of these mascots, please. All right, let's talk baseball real quick. So Friday night, you had the Braves and the Cheaters. The Braves won 2-0. Um, they led the series 2-1. Ian Anderson pitched five innings. He pitched his ass off. Um, and then... Sunday night, you had uh, game five. The Braves lost 3-2 to the Cheaters. Um, no, that was Saturday. I'm sorry. The Braves lost, uh, yeah, 3-2 to the Cheaters. Um, still lead the series 3-1. Dylan Lee was replaced early, as he should have been. That's how you're supposed to do if you know your pitchers up there struggling. Um, yeah. And then Sunday night, Jesus, the Braves lost five to nine to the cheaters. Now we had a grand slam in the first inning and we still lost by four. I'm going to need the next game to go smoother. I'm a little concerned. Max Freed is a starting pitcher. Again, if he's struggling, 
fucking pull him. This is the World Series. So, uh, game. We're up. We're up now, three to two, still. But, um. So game. What is this? Game six is gonna be. Oh, Tuesday. Whenever you, when you, the day I put this out, <laughs> Tuesday is game six. Not that I need help lengthening the, the podcast or anything, but I forgot to include the Memphis Grizzlies and the NBA teams we're going to be watching. I give Zion a lot of heat because he was the number one pick. Um, and it's my cousin in my head. And even though he makes me mad, I'm still rooting for him. But I don't, I don't show John ja Morant the love that I, I do love him. I love me some John. Ja. I don't give him as much love and attention as I give Zion, and that's not fair, right? Right. So I'm going to include Memphis Grizzly in our sports breakdowns. But we have some other teams we're going to cover as well, but I think we talked about that already. So the sports teams that we're going to pay attention to, okay, you guys ready? Atlanta Hawks, Chicago Bulls, Charlotte Hornets, the Pelicans, the Lakers, Golden State, because I can, Memphis Grizzlies, okay, the Braves, um, their season's going to be over soon, one way or the other. The Blackhawks, whose season is over, even though they were in the middle of it, or in the beginning of it. Atlanta United, of course. The Atlanta Dream, when their season comes back around. The College Park Skyhawks, yep, we're covering the G League team. Uh, the Gladiators, the um, the minor league hockey team. And then college basketball, but only Duke men, Pittsburgh men, Um and in South Carolina, men and women. So still a lot of sports for us to cover, you know, with the football. But, I mean, I can. I'm, I, I'm, yeah. All right, so we're halfway through um, the NFL season. So we've got some end-of-the-year award trackers. I'm not going to go into all of them. I'm just going to do MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. MVP really is the quarterback award. Um, so the top four odds to win it, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen. And then for a defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, Trayvon Diggs, who is playing stellar for the Cowboys, TJ Watt and Aaron Donald. That's who people are betting on to win that. And then for NBA, I know it's like way early, right? But so what? So far, most improved, they've got for the top three, Michael Porter Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., and Jordan Poole. And then for MVP, yep, already, Giannis, Steph, and KD. And then for Rookie of the Year, Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, and Scotty Barnes. And then for Defensive Player of the Year, Gobert, Simmons, excuse me, and AD. I think it's weird Simmons is an odds to be a finalist, and he's still not playing. But I mean, if you're a betting person, go with that. All right. So, again, we're halfway through the season. I'm going to go ahead and record this now before Monday Night Football's game. So, you know, if there's an update, I'll correct it Friday morning or maybe not. Uh, Let's do top twos for each division. Okay. So, we'll start with AFC Conference. Top two, East Division, we've got the Bills and the Patriots. West, you've got Raiders and Chargers. North, you've got Ravens and Bengals. South, you've got Titans and Colts. And then NFC, um, let's see, NFC East, top two, Cowboys and either Philly or Giants, depending on the outcome of this game. If the Giants win, then they would have the upper hand on Philly. If the Giants lose, then, of course, Philly would be that other team. NFC East, 
basically sucks aside from the Cowboys. Uh, NFC West, you've got the Cardinals and the Rams. Uh, let's see, NFC North, you've got the Packers and the Vikings. And then South, NFC, you've got the Bucks and the Saints. I told y'all those LA teams, both of them have a chance, seriously, to be in the Super Bowl. I like it. All right, so NFL update. Week 8, you had Thursday night, um, Green Bay beating Arizona 24-21. And then you had Carolina beating Atlanta 19 to 13. Tennessee beat Indiana 34 to 31. Buffalo took care of Miami 11 to 26. Yikes. Uh, the Giants, no, the Jets beat Cincinnati 34 to 31. Pittsburgh beat Cleveland 15 to 10. How are those even scores? 15. How do you score 15? Anyway, uh, Philly managed to win against lowly Detroit 44 to 6. The Rams beat Houston 38-22. Uh, San Fran won a game, y'all. Uh, they beat Chicago 33-22. New England beat the, I almost looked at this and said the Clippers. I'm sorry. The, the LA Chargers. Uh, what was the score? 27-24. to um, Seattle beat Jacksonville 21-7. to New Orleans, man, they ended up beating Tom Brady now. 27 uh to I'm sorry 36 to 27 uh then you had Denver beating the Washington football team who should not be allowed to compete without an actual name uh the score of that game was 17 to 10 Sunday night Dallas man the Cowboys look good I hate to say it they beat Minnesota 20 to 16 and then tonight Monday night football it's gonna be Tuesday when you hear this but whatever Kansas City managed to beat Giants it was a, a game of struggles 20-17, so two struggle uh, teams. Kansas City managed to win. There was a lot of flags for the Giants, and honestly, if they had they not had those last two flags, they would have won this game. It, it was, yeah, but that's week eight NFL scores. All right, so let me do a quick NBA update. So I'm just going to go night by night. Okay, so Friday night, the Lakers beat Cleveland Cavs 113-101. to 101. LeBron had 26 points. Eight assists, AD at nine rebounds. And for the Cavs, um, who was this? Evan Mobley at 23 points. Darius Garland, 11 assists. Jared Allen, nine rebounds. And then Miami beat Charlotte, 114-99. Gordon Hayward at 23 points. Uh, LaMelo had six assists. Bridges had eight rebounds. And then from Miami, Jimmy Butler, who is apparently an MVP candidate at this point. Two weeks in, but whatever. Jimmy Butler had 32 points. Uh, Tyler Hero had six assists and Bam had 19 rebounds. You know, I like it. Um, and then also Friday, Sacramento Kings beat New Orleans 113 to 109. Valanchunas had 24 points. Um, B.I. had six assists and Valanchunas had 13 rebounds. You know, I like it. De'Aaron Fox had 23 points for Sacramento. Halliburton had eight assists. Um, is that Scotty Barnes? No, Harrison Barnes. My fault had 12 rebounds. I like it. Um, and then in HL, the Blackhawks lost again to Carolina Hurricanes 6-3. to Um, let's see, Debrinkit, Goddad, and Hagel had one each. And then D'Angelo, Aho, Kotkaniemi? Sure, Stepin, Stahl, and Svechnikov had one each for Carolina. Um, let's see, what else happened? And in the, what is this, ECHL, the Minor Hockey League, you had the Gladiators beating Orlando 5-4. to four. 
I'm not going to get into who scored what, but they beat them. Uh, then Saturday night, we have Philly beating the Hawks 122-94. to uh, Cam Reddish had 16 points. His plus or minus was negative 20. I didn't, I'm not tracking plus or minuses, but his was negative 20. Just go with that. Trey had 10 assists. Capella had 12 rebounds. And then for Philly, uh, Tobias had 22 points, uh, four assists tied with Matisse Thibel, who I love. And Tobias Harris had 11 rebounds. I had to Google this. I did not know this man was 6'8". I didn't know. Uh, let's see. Um, also Saturday night, Chicago Bulls beat Utah 107-99. DeRozan had 32 points. Levine, five assists. And Vooch had 12 rebounds. And for Utah... Uh, Donovan Mitchell at 30 points and 6 assists. Rudy Gobert had 19 rebounds. I love it. Uh, Golden State beat OKC 103-82. Steph had 20 points. Draymond 8 assists and 11 rebounds. And then for OKC, uh, Gilgis Alexander had 15 points. Josh Giddy had 6 assists. And Pukasevsky, no clue who that is, but he had 9 rebounds. And then um, also Saturday night for New York, the Knicks had 123, New Orleans 117. Valanciunas had 27 points. Devontae Graham, 8 assists. Valanciunas with 14 rebounds. You know, I love it. And then for the Knicks, RJ had 35 damn points, 6 assists, and 8 rebounds. And then, um, let's see. Also Saturday night, my fault, Chicago Blackhawks lost again to st louis i think they're blue jays one to zero tony krug had the only goal um sunday night sunday night action for the nba the lakers beat houston 95 to 85 uh, i don't know why people were excited about that you needed lebron to win by 10 points uh carmelo had 23 points westbrook nine assists ad 13 rebounds russ had a plus or minus of 25 again i'm not gonna be um keeping track of plus or minuses i just 25 that's a, that's a big number and for houston eric gordon at 17 points green had five assists and christian wood had 13 rebounds also charlotte beat portland 125 to 113 lamello had 27 points bridges nine assists and lamello had nine rebounds and for portland uh, mccullum at 25 points dame had 12 assists and nurkic had 14 rebounds i love it and then uh, Monday night, so Atlanta beat the Wizards, who looked surprisingly good, 118 to 111. Trey had 26 points. Collins, Bogdan, and Trey had six assists, and Capella had 12 rebounds. Then for the Wizards, uh, Bradley Bill, 24 points. Dinwiddie had a, a 10 assists. I forgot he was in Washington. And Trez Harrell had eight rebounds. Cleveland Cavs managed to beat Charlotte. Hornets, 113 to 110. LaMelo had a 30 ball. Bridges had eight assists and nine rebounds. And then for Cleveland, Jared Allen, who I forgot they had, 24 points. Ricky Rubio, eight assists. And Jared Allen with 16 rebounds. I love it. And then uh, Chicago Bulls, they beat Boston, 128 to 114. DeRozan had 37 points. Vooch had nine assists and 10 rebounds. And then for Boston, Jalen Brown, 28 points. Dennis Schroeder, five assists, and Al Horford, who I did not know was still playing professional basketball, had 10 rebounds. And then, because we're covering Memphis now, remember, Memphis Grizzlies beat Denver 106-97. to uh, Jaja had 26 points, eight assists, Kyler Anderson with nine rebounds. And for Denver, um, 
Joker at 23 points, 7 assists, and Aaron Gordon had 10 rebounds. So, for our recap, Atlanta ended our stint 1-1, one one, Chicago 2-0, Charlotte 2-1, New Orleans 0-2, Lakers 2-0, and Golden State 1-0. And, and that concludes our sports recap. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I skipped one. Uh, the Blackhawks, you guys, they won a game. The Blackhawks won a game. They are they won. They beat Ottawa 5-1. to one. Patrick Kane with a hat trick. Hagel had two. And then for Ottawa, four Minton scored their only goal. That is our sports recap. Obviously, I'm still tweaking how I'm going to do it. Just stick with me. Just stick with me. All right, you guys, I apologize for the audio being so off for these last couple of sections. I'm literally recording in my car. Um, I wanted to go ahead and get this episode done so I can get it out to you in time. Um, I got some other stuff going on, so I wasn't going to be available to do it Tuesday morning, but I wanted you to have a Tuesday episode. Um, so again, thanks for listening. If you want to hit me up on uh, IG, it's at K-E-C-H-A-E-L-A. That's at K-E-C-H-A-E-L-A. The website for the podcast is anchor.fm slash razzledazzle. That's anchor.fm slash R-A-Z-Z-L-E-D-A-Z-Z-L-E. You can uh, listen to this episode and every other episode of the podcast. Also available Spotify, you know, everywhere else. But on the website specifically, you can leave me comments, questions, concerns, criticism. I have thick skin, I promise. And if you'd like to donate to this um, project of mine, you can with a monthly donation or just a one-time thing via Google Pay at 99 cents, I think $4.99 and $9.99. I would greatly appreciate it if you were interested. But I will talk to you guys Friday morning. Um, So stay tuned. Bye.